นโมทัสสะภะคะวะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะนโมทัสสะภะคะวะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะนโมทัสสะภะคะวะโตอะระหะโตสัมมาสัมพุทธัสสะพุทธังธรรมังสังฆังนมัสสะIn the Pali language, probably most of us are familiar with the the uh, one of the ten paramis, Aditana, which is sometimes translated as as determination or resolve or vows. Also, this subject of commitment is related to the same this same force, this same power. Something that the Buddha. Spent lifetimes refining down from the time of his making a determination, a vow in front of a previous Buddha to himself train, prepare himself for the realization of complete sama sambodhi and for the welfare of all beings. And from the time he made that resolution until his last life and uh, realization, he, he refined down this. This power of aditana, determination, and as I'm saying, as a theme of commitment, also ties into this. And this morning, I went down to uh, to our lake uh, property and uh, saw all the work that was done yesterday. It was uh, delightful to see. And, uh, unlike yesterday, which was drizzly and thick and Pretty miserable. Uh, today was a gorgeous, sunny day, and it was uh, lovely to see how how green everything is again. How much growth there is, and this uh, this warm spring that we've had the, has brought everything alive. And but yesterday there's whatever something like twenty people down there working away in the rain, and and. To do that takes commitment. I mean, you as I've said before, you don't see those trees grow very quickly. The grass seems to grow reasonably quickly, but the trees—they don't. It, you know, the project takes commitment. And, uh, similarly, with so many other aspects of our lives, and the, you know, most people, of course, are committed to maintaining or cultivating their bank account, or. Or cultivating, maintaining good health, and and this 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 
energy, this faculty, this of commitment, it has an effect on all of our life. And if we're lacking in it, then we're lacking in everything, actually. And something that is really worth stopping to think about. Where are we at with our ability? How able are we to commit and stick with it? You know, do we have this spiritual muscle well-developed? And, uh, um, I think that it doesn't, have, doesn't take a lot of thought to, to realize that uh, the degree of affluence and good fortune that we all live with can make us a little soft and uh, can end up compromising the development of this faculty. Yes. We can just do the thing of digging 10, 10-foot holes when what's really required, if we want to find groundwater, is 100-foot hole. Get bored after 9 feet, 10 feet, and go somewhere else. And Lack of commitment. And well, so it is with very much with the inner life, the spiritual life, the direction that all of us feel oriented to, to seek true, sustainable well-being. The, the realization this requires huge degree of commitment. And now, of course, if we take this this faculty alone and we overemphasize it, you. Know, you can read what the Buddha said himself you know, as he sat on the Bodhi tree, I'm going to stay here, and resolve to stay here until my bones break and my blood dries up or I realize liberation. And that degree of commitment you want to not take literally. It's, uh, we don't have the Buddha's many lifetimes of accumulated uh, forces for transformation, the forces of the paramis. We haven't develop them the same way as the Buddha had. We're not as ready as the Buddha was. The Buddha was ready to make that resolve. So for us, it's, uh, it's, it's symbolic. It does. It symbolizes something we all need, but we don't want to take it literally because if we go too far off in getting into commitment and resolve and determination, you can end up you know, doing yourself a damage. And uh, I was thinking about this earlier, and I remembered when I was uh, young, my, uh, my uncle Arthur, who was a member of the family we used to go to visit from time to time. He had a, as I recall, he had a high-powered job in the city in Auckland and, and uh, something to do with accountancy, I think. And, but also he would uh, play the organ in the church and he was very committed to being a good organ player. He was a very enthusiastic Baptist and he just loved to inspire the congregation with his organ playing. I think he also would play for weddings. And anyway, it happened that Uncle Arthur got overly enthusiastic with his commitment, with his determination to learn to play this particularly difficult piece of music, and he gave himself a, a cerebral hemorrhage and uh, was paralyzed the rest of his life. And I remember at that uh, early stage of my life, kind of registering that, but yeah, this commitment thing is good. Yeah, my father was always going on about it. Stickability, son, that's what you need, stickability. If at first you don't succeed, try, try, try again. It was, there was, uh, I heard a lot of that, and it uh, stood me in good stead to some degree. Uh, but uh, I also registered that you can have too much of this. So in contemplating this theme, commitment, 
we've got to put it alongside the other faculties. You know, all of these things need to be held with, with kindness, with mindfulness, uh, with awareness, with sensitivity. But this quality is essential. If, if we don't have it, then everything is compromised. If we can't stay with it, if we don't have staying power, which I think is a, actually a very descriptive term in our English language, staying power, when the going gets tough, what do we do? Because you know, the going does have to get tough. For the Buddha and all the great disciples, you read what the records of their own practice, and the going gets tough. When we come up against the force of my way, you know, the, the wild, unruly passions, the greed, aversion, and delusion, these are not just kind of little mental blips. You know, greed, aversion, and delusion, this is what leads people to steal, to murder. You know, this is what causes a lot of the the wars, the suffering in the world, this wild, unruly passion. It's not because people just don't have good ideas. There's oodles of good ideas around, but the fuel behind, that's what needs to be tamed. That's the task for human beings. Not, of course, I hasten to add, nobody's talking about getting rid of this energy. We need this energy. This is the same energy that manifests as wisdom and compassion, but it's been purified. It's no longer wild and unruly. But the taming, the training of this wild heart of ours, this force that gets us into so much trouble and causes so much suffering in the world, this takes tremendous, tremendous ability, tremendous staying power. When it feels like it's all too much, say, this is too much. Practice. Practice encourages us to stay with it, not to run away, not to turn away, not to react and say, I can't handle it. This is the very very point that right practice will take all of us to, probably many times. So preparing ourselves in advance with this capacity, this commitment, this staying power, this this ability to stay with it, even when it feels like I can't do this anymore, in a skillful, mindful way. And part of preparing ourselves is for this is to learn to to train our awareness, our sensitivity, so that we don't we don't judge that moment wrongly. When we get to the point where I feel like I can't handle it anymore, do we judge the situation as wrong? Hmm. It often happens in in monasteries where people will arrive full of enthusiasm and sincerity and aspiration, and then after a while the going gets tough and they've forgotten the challenges that they wanted to leave behind, the challenges that motivated them to come here in the first place, they've forgotten about that. And, and they're feeling like, actually, I don't have to put up with all this discipline, all these rules and 
all this inconvenience of monastic life, I think I'll just take my practice back out into lay life. And, and, uh, and sometimes that's what they do. And as soon as they've done it, they realize that they've lost something. Yeah. The sense of, of containment that comes with a shared commitment and community is gone. Yeah. I mean, we can end up taking it for granted when you live in community, can end up taking it personally, think it's it's my power that is holding me here, but actually it could be the community's power. So it's very easy to fall into mistaken perceptions. It's very easy to think that when the going gets tough and it contradicts my way, it's very easy to turn away from the Buddha's way and follow my way. But it's because my way wasn't satisfactory that we came here in the first place. It's because commitment to my way wasn't proving satisfactory that we took up spiritual practice in the first place. So when we get to that point where we actually encounter my way and it manifests itself as, I can't do this anymore, I don't see why I have to put up with this anymore, that's the point where our commitment, the spirit of commitment, will hold us. The staying power will keep us. Just... Just just wait a while. Just stick with it for a bit longer and see where it takes us. And that's the point where we can really learn. Go to another level. Ajahn Chah used to talk about how monks would come to see him sometimes and say, Oh, Lumpur, you know, my good fortune, my barami have run out. Or the barami that brought me to live the renunciate life and of the monk has is all run out and I'm going to have to leave. And, and Ajahn Chah would, you know, he would just look at you and say, well, if it's run out, make some more. You know, it's not like it's a fixed thing. There's always something we can do about it. You know, commitment is that energy which helps us stay with it when the apparent reality is turn away from it. You know. Some years ago, I... I remember either reading or hearing a talk, I don't know which, by uh, Jack Cornfield. He was talking about relationships and he said that uh, the work of relationships really only begins after about five, six, seven years when you start thinking, maybe I made the wrong choice. Maybe I shouldn't have gotten married to this person in the first place. That's the beginning of the deepening of relationship. Now that doesn't necessarily accord with our uh, views that are conditioned by our pursuit of comfort and convenience. The commitment to my way is always about, does it suit me? And when it doesn't suit me, we want to give up and turn away. So it takes something else to, it takes something else to see us beyond the commitment to my way. The realization of the Buddha's way takes these forces, it takes commitment, it takes resolve, it takes determination. Mm. So we're talking about commitment, we can, you know, we can focus on you know, how much it means we lose this, we lose that. And, but also it's, it's skillful, it's wise to consider what commitment gives us. And for instance, commitment, when we make a commitment to something, it can conduce with, it can give us a sense of safety. Mm. When you feel like, as I was saying a minute ago, 
you feel you're part of, for instance, the spiritual community, you know, those who, who do commit to this life uh, can attest to the experience of, of feeling safe in community. You know, there's, there's, or if we commit to a particular tradition in the beginning, there's all sorts of teachers and teachings around that it might seem sensible to look into and it may well be sensible. That's maybe what we have to do. Yeah. Have a little look around for a while. But if we don't get to the point of making a commitment to one tradition, we don't ever get to that feeling of belonging and then the the very supportive sense of safety that comes with that. Being Safety comes with being part of a tradition, part of a lineage. And for those who never committed, they don't know that feeling. They don't know that resource. That's a certain sort of strength. That's a certain sort of, of um, confidence comes with commitment, you know, feeling safe. We can relax into that. You know, again, the benefit of, of joining spiritual community, it does. It conduces to feeling protected and then leading on to the saying, feeling like a sense of relaxation, you know, you can, a softening. The, uh, sometimes the, one of the big obstructions that we experience that stops us from letting go of our, or releasing out of our commitment to my way, is a certain sort of rigidity, a certain sort of always defending ourselves, defending our commitment to my way and my views and my opinions and my ideas about practice. When we surrender that and find that we're ready to commit to something, then a certain falling away of rigidity can take place and a deepening, a deepening and a moving towards letting go and a strengthening of faith. The force of my way, the, the intensity of of the wild, unruly passions that we have to tolerate. We have to learn to be able to tolerate intensity before any sort of transformation and letting go is going to take place. But it's not through our rational, the rational arguments that we make to ourselves that this is likely to happen. Rather, it's with the sense of feeling safe, feeling protected, Mm. faith it's faith that enables us to let go of the rigid holding to me and my way faith conduces also with softening and and gentleness it's a kind of a, a paradox in spiritual practice that certainly we need the energy of the spiritual warrior, absolutely. Yes, the Buddha sitting under the Bodhi tree are vowing to stay there until his bones break, his blood dries up, or he realizes liberation. That, you know, that determination, that resolve of the spiritual warrior. But also could end up like Uncle Arthur and have a brain hemorrhage. You know, you know, there also needs to be softness, gentleness, the ability to yield, and this, these are the signs of, of well-developed faith. It's one of the reasons why I have often talked about in the past the, 
to uh, people about the benefits of that Tai Chi exercise of pushing hands that some of you might know about, where in the body you get the feeling of being assertive. In the body you get the feeling of yielding, being in that energy, assertiveness, yielding. Not just one, not just the assertiveness of the spiritual warrior, not just the yielding of trust and gentleness, but an embodied appreciation of both those aspects. So commitment conduces with these. Commitment conduces with the development of faith and is also nourished by faith. The more faith we have, the more trust we have, the more confidence that we have, the more this, this energy is developed, then the more we can invest in commitment. We're willing to commit. Commitment also uh, conduces with simplification. If we're not willing to commit, life can be awfully complicated. For all of us, life is already awfully complicated. We have these very well-developed minds that can uh, imagine and extrapolate on any theme and complicate life. And the affluence that at least those of us living in the uh, in the West have this great good fortune, but because of our um, lack of understanding of what conduces with well-being, because of this lack of understanding, our lives become a mess. Our houses become a clutter. Even as monks, our rooms, our cottages can become a clutter. With stuff, mm. but with commitment to the way, to commitment to training, commitment to precepts, with an understanding of the place, the function, the force of commitment, then we can see the benefit in simplification. Make an effort to let go of anything extra. I was talking earlier, uh, recently, to one of the members of the community who helps out in the kitchen and. I was encouraging him to keep the food simple. In fact, I, uh, I directed him to a, a website called Minimalist Bakers. And uh, these folk are uh, committed to, to cooking very simple food and trying to cook out of one bowl, have one mixing bowl to prepare the food in and to cook it in a minimal amount of time with a minimal amount of energy and, and uh, making a discipline out of this. Now, this is an appreciation that may not necessarily occur to us, but with practice it is something that we can see is really worth investing in and seeing how it conduces, how it contributes to ability, the the faith and the sense of safety that I was mentioning earlier helps with relaxation, helps with ease, helps with gentleness, helps with our getting in touch with our... Ability, yeah. ability to let go, yeah. ability to say no to ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. We know what's suitable. We know that we have the guidelines of the precepts. We know that the practice is worth investing in, and yet we get so easily distracted again by the momentum of my way. So how do we say no to ourselves? 
This force of commitment. It's the same as, as I started off by saying earlier, that anybody like wanted to develop any particular skill, you do look at the way of sports people, or, you know, the amount of effort that they have to put in, they have to be committed to their training. You know, if you just feel like it gets a bit difficult and say, oh, well, I'll sleep in this morning, I won't go to training, it doesn't work. So, you know, oh, I'll sleep in this morning, I won't bother to get up and sit meditation. You know, it doesn't work. It takes commitment, it takes training. And, and then when you get a feeling for it, then we can see how it, it feeds back. We see it strengthens our faith. You know? It strengthens deepening, it strengthens letting go. And it strengthens clarity. And get this equation between commitment and clarity. It's very helpful. Again, there's so many confusing elements to life, so many issues, apparent problems that occur. How do we see clearly? It takes resolution. It takes this faculty. It takes this spiritual muscle. It's worth investing in. There's a verse in the Dhammapada, verse 280, where the Buddha says, If while still young and strong you procrastinate when you should act, indulging in heedless fantasies, then the way and its wisdom will never become clear. So the way and its wisdom that the Buddha realized and was pointing towards over and over again because all of us are coming from a different direction, we need different sorts of pointing, so the Buddha spent all of his life, from his realization onwards, and once he started teaching, he was pointing out in different ways, different times to different people, this is the way, and go this way and realize the wisdom of the way, and then that wisdom shows us how to live free from suffering. And So the way and its wisdom will not become clear if we procrastinate when we should act. And and procrastination is the lack of determination, the lack of resolve. Yeah. As the Buddha mentions, the indulging in heedless fantasies, which, which all of us are, really excel at. We have, uh, it's encouraged. Uh, the kind of education we have, the kind of schooling we have, in most cases we're not taught how to remember the place of stillness, uh, surrendering, willful controlling and allowing ourselves to fall back into a trusting awareness, expanded, open, sensitive, heartful awareness. Most of us don't get that sort of education. It's it's quite the opposite. It's all about doing, controlling. And so it becomes compulsive. And and so we can't stop it. So that's where the word heedless comes in, heedless fantasies. This is not a this is not a don't be naughty sort of a statement. This is a that use of our intellect is not productive. Where you know, what if this, what if that? The lack of resolution. Yeah. Where you always see another alternative. Yeah. Yeah. I've been to many meetings in my life. Uh, community is always things that we need to be talking about and you know, sometimes sharing the discussions is helpful And but there are a certain type of character that when after hours of discussion and going round and round and round looking at all sorts of permutations and possibilities 
for resolving an apparent problem. We're just about to reach a resolution and then there's these characters who just say, what about this? Yeah. <laughs> Very irritating. Yeah. It's possible to always come up with another solution, another idea, but we sooner or later got to reach the point where we say, no, that's enough. It takes resolution, it takes determination to say, enough. Yeah. Heedless fantasies is always proliferating. Yeah. Procrastinating, procrastinating, making a decision. Procrastinating from acting. Yeah. Lack of resolve, lack of determination, lack of commitment. So all of these possibilities, the, the, uh, the benefit this the commitment gives us in being able to tolerate intensity, and we know that intensity is called for, but how do we tolerate it without turning away? You know, commitment can help with tolerating intensity. And it can help with our having a feeling of safety that conduces with relaxation, letting go. It nourishes faith and trust, helps us simplify life, conduces with clarity. And all of this is is about optimizing on the good fortune of our life. Again, it's easy to fall into a very narrow perspective on our life. And you've probably heard me talk over and over again about the dangers of the conditioning process that we go through from very early on in life. We're taught to narrow our field of awareness, got to focus, we've got to pay attention. And this usually means learning to read, you know, learning to narrow down our attention. And, and these days, you know, children are not allowed outside. I, I think I might have mentioned recently that research that's been done now that where they've come up with an explanation for the, the pandemic of short-sightedness around the world. It used to be thought that short-sightedness was a disorder that came about of to children who read too much when they were young. But that's been refuted, and the current theory is that it's because young people don't spend enough time outside. They spend too much time indoors. And a lot of it these days is looking at gadgets, looking at monitors, looking at screens, or reading. But all of it is with a contracted field of awareness. We get into a habit of living in a very, very narrow space. And that is not enough to live with, with the intensity of the passions, the intensity of life. Even though we might live in very fortunate circumstances, as we do, with all the food and clothing and shelter and medicine that we need, we still don't have contentment. We feel there's something lacking and we misread the situation and fall for despair, which is really regrettable. So optimizing on this good fortune that we all are experiencing right now, right here, and have been for many years, optimizing on this, this spirit of commitment makes a difference. The spirit of commitment, if we can figure it out for ourselves, I'm not suggesting that this contemplation is something you should just believe in and then do. That's not practice. That's believing 
That's not trusting, it's not faith. Faith is heartful, heartful. Faith is about feeling. Believing is about conceptualizing. So we're not talking about believing in commitment, but we are talking about trusting in it. So thank you very much this evening for your attention. Andamayang Dhamma Vadakata Sadhu Karang Dhamma Singh Sadhu